Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Yet another fascinating conversation around branding. And it's still one of those things that I think a lot of people think they understand what branding is, but they really, really don't, or they don't do it very well, or or they're still thinking of it in more of an old school, traditional manner. And I, and I think that's just so unfortunate. So I, I I suspect that today's guest is going to shed some really interesting light on branding, give us some other things to think about with regards to branding. Promises to be a very interesting conversation. I'm joined this morning by Sunny Bunnell. She's the co-founder and creative director at Motto, which is a branding and design firm. Sunny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, the pleasure's mine. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. I know you're very busy running that cool shop, so appreciate you stopping by. Before we get into our conversation around branding, take a few quick seconds, tell us a bit about you, your background, and then give us that 10,000-foot view of Motto. What do you do? How do you serve your market? Sure. So my partner and I founded Motto back in 2005 in our mid to early 20s. And we started, there's kind of a funny story. We started with $250 in our bank account, had never worked for another agency and literally scaled it grassroots from the ground up, taking no funding, no no loans, just really bootstrapped it from the get-go. And so for the last 11 years, we've been working together and grew the company from a little fishing village and in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, to now we just recently relocated to Dallas, and now we're working with companies all around the globe. Very, very cool. Well, it is a cool company. I spent some time digging into it, and you guys have done some pretty interesting work, so that's very, very exciting. So, all right. Well, Thank you. Let's get into our conversation. So, it's probably important to start off this conversation by just, let's, let's set what we agree is the definition of branding, how Sonny looks at branding, because it's one of those things that if you ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers and definitions of branding. I think therein lies some of the problem with it. So, so how does Sonny define what is branding? Well, I go back to the old Norse root meaning, which actually means burn by fire. Brand, brand means traditionally to burn by fire. And that term is often associated with branding cows, you know, leaving this permanent mark. And I really liken it to how you build a, a brand over time and build a company. It's sort of the imprint that you leave uh, behind with your customers, with the people that you interact with, and really the image and perception that they have of you. It's it's essentially articulating both visually and verbally the message, story, emotion, and meaning that you want your audience to experience. And so brand for us is really about being able to tell that narrative, tell that narrative comprehensively and build it across every aspect and experience of your organization. It's everything from how you answer the phone to how you do business, to how you treat and nurture uh, customers and vendors. And it just really anything you do or say is reflective of your brand in the world. Why do so many organizations, and I'm not 
not just talking about a, a, an actual business that's seeking to sell product and services and make money. I'm talking about any kind of an organization, particularly like a nonprofit. Uh, why do they miss the emotion and meaning side of branding? I mean, because to me, that's to me, that's what branding is, is, is when I interact with with a brand that it, there, there's an emotional tie to it. And, and the stronger that emotional tie the more loyal you become to that brand. But it seems to me that so many organizations completely miss the emotion and meaning behind that. Why, why do we get that so wrong? I think most organizations struggle with that because, because language and emotion are two very different things. And emotion is often hard to articulate. Sometimes we can't find the language to describe the things that we feel at our deepest level. And there's a reason for that because the part of the brain that determines emotions doesn't necessarily, doesn't have language. You don't have, you know, you don't have language for it. So I think companies struggle with the articulation of meaning primarily because they don't know how to create anything or tell a story in a way that is able to capture that. So an example would be when you ask a company what they stand for, what their differentiation is, or why they're doing what they're doing, a lot of times they default to very generic language or very contrived language because they lack the language to describe that which is a feeling. And so our role in, in how we work with companies is to essentially help them articulate not only a point of view, but to kind of wrap the meaning and emotion in a language that they can then use to sort of preach that sermon to the world. Because I think that as a company, in order to to do anything remarkable in this world, you, you have to deliver it in a way that people can understand. And, you know, I have this great saying that a preacher is only great as a sermon. And I really think it's the same that's true for companies and organizations. What are you trying to share? And what is it beyond that you have great customer service or that you feel like you have uh, a differentiating point of view? Like, what is it that separates you and how do you craft language around that that's actually meaningful and not contrived? That's where I think a lot of companies go wrong is they wrap their purpose and their vision and their values in language that nobody understands. It's not actionable. It doesn't mean anything. Sometimes it makes absolutely no sense. Like I get marketing messages all the time from other companies who have come to us that have worked with other agencies or maybe other consultants and the language that they've been given or the language that they're using is just so abstract. I mean, it's it's really obtuse. And, you know, I, I push back and say, we're going to scrap that and, and come at it from a different angle. Well, what I always say when someone says, well, what do you think of this messaging? And I say, well, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher to me. I mean, because, I mean, it, it's, it doesn't say anything to me. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, they, they they went into some database with some really cool looking sounding words, but they don't mean anything particularly to the marketplace. And I think therein lies another big struggle that, that people have in, in, in figuring out their branding is, is that do, do you think that they realize that, yeah, sure, the brand is critical to uh, to drive emotion and meaning and, and connection to the marketplace, to the potential customer. But I think it's every bit as important to the internal teammates too, right? I mean, part of the, part of the, what makes a brand a good brand, uh, an impactful one, is is that the team, the actual people in the organization, are, are buying into it and, and living it too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's how we work with organizations is we work inside out. We don't ever start with deliverables. We always look at the organization, the heartbeat of the organization. We try to understand 
who that organization is at its deepest level. What is the soul? What are they, who, you know, why are they doing what they're doing? Why are, why are all these people showing up to work every day? I mean, that it really is that, you know, we've, we've been beaten with this why conversation, but it is really true when you think about it is why are you going to this organization and why are you supporting it? And more importantly, as the leadership of that organization, why should anyone follow you and why should anyone listen to and buy into what it is that you're doing? And a lot of organizations don't know, you know, sometimes they're driven by all the wrong factors, meaning they're, they're driven by money. They're driven by success. They want to, they want to scale it and flip it. Very few companies are playing the long game and the ones that are really do understand brand in every facet of the organization. And it really does start inside the walls because in order to brand a company effectively or even to scale a, a brand, you have to know what's happening inside the organization, inside the walls of that organization to get clear about that first, because that really drives everything else. We hear oftentimes of this sort of internal, external alignment. It couldn't be more important, you know, especially in the work that we do when we're working with companies we are looking at all of those factors. You know, who are the people? Who are the employees? Who are the, who are the culture? Who's leading? Who's the leadership? How do they hold a brand? How do they hold vision? How do they hold purpose? All of those things are very, very important to the overall structure. And then from there, you can obviously tailor the brand to reflect those things because I think that's what people want. Well, and we're about 10 minutes into this conversation and, and we haven't talked about logos yet. We haven't talked about color schemes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that isn't branding. See, that's, I think there's a lot of people that think, oh, well, it's, I got to rebrand the company, so I'm going to get a new logo designed. No, <laughs> that, that's maybe but one element of the whole entire process. But it's the culture. See, to me, I think the brand of an organization is the culture of, of the company itself or the organization itself. And, and it's what do you say to, to a guy who says, look, I hear what you're saying, Sonny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My company manufactures cement. How in the heck am I going to create emotion and meaning in the marketplace when I sell something like that? How do you how do you address that kind of a challenge? Sure. I mean, I think that's a big misconception. I think a lot of companies think because what they're doing is in their mind ordinary or common, then then their brands become common. It, it's it's a point of view. It's really a mindset to be honest. I mean, a lot of these companies that I think do extraordinary things are because they think in original and extraordinary ways. They, they're they not selling the widget. They're selling a story and a belief and a vision that goes beyond the product. It goes to what they stand for and more than what they sell. And that's where I think companies that have that mindset, you, you really can't change their mind. I mean, we've worked with companies in the past that the leadership and specifically doesn't believe in brand, believes it belongs to the market department. And that is the worst mindset of all because you cannot change that mindset. You know, it usually comes from a visionary leader at the helm. That person or individual or team understands the importance and the significance of brand and they hold it at the altar. I mean, they go and kneel before it. It's that kind of process. It's a, it's It's religion. And I think that a lot of these organizations that don't think like that are the common ones. And, you know, we just believe in working with companies that don't think like that. Well, yeah, no, and that's, and therein lies the challenge is is we have to figure out, all right, do do they see this as a religion? Do, I mean, do they, are they trying to, to tug emotional heartstrings? And, and, and if they're not, well then that's, 
it, it, you know, millennials get an unfair rap, I think, because they're 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 viewed as as job hoppers and mm-hmm. and not loyal to organizations. And the reason they're doing that is that they, they would research has proven that if they're in an organization where they believe in the brand and they and they see it as religion as well, and and there's meaning for them, well, they're they're they'll stick around for a long time. That's what they're seeking, and that's what I think people have to understand. That that's why branding is so important. Is because that feeds this loyalty of the of the of the employees to an organization uh, i mean so it's more than just selling product to a marketplace i mean it, this this goes so deep and it's why i think so many organizations struggle with this whole idea all right well we have a lot more to cover so sunny and i will return after this short break we'll be right back in today's workplace business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees to effectively build a team to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I am back with Sonny Bunnell, the co-founder and creative director with Motto. So let's talk about Motto a bit. So walk me through a couple of examples of some work that you've done that kind of puts rubber to the road of what we talked about at the top half of the show. Give me a couple of interesting challenges you guys faced and, and what you did in your process to overcome those. Sure. I I think probably one of the most recent or most fascinating clients that we were working with is a product called Orison. And Orison is the world's first plug and play energy storage system. And it's a challenger brand to Elon Musk and the Tesla Powerwall. So I'm sure you're familiar with Elon Musk and the, the, the car. And then of course he created this challenge where he's trying to overcome the energy crisis and so he created this product called the Tesla Powerwall, where our client, the founder is Eric Clifton, founder of Orison, created Orison to really realize his vision to create stored energy, to reduce energy costs, and essentially contribute to an ultra-efficient energy grid. And so it's a big task because a lot of people know that there's an energy crisis, but this these types of products are going to start trying to overcome when we talk about products being revolutionary and really actually trying to change the world, this is one of those products. And they originally came to us to rename the product. It was originally called Peak. And we felt that the name was a little bit too overused in the market. You know, Peak, when you think of Peak Energy, we've certainly seen similar products or names to that. And so we really looked at the product as a whole and said, how do we want to rename this brand. And so we came up with Orison and Orison actually means prayer. And it was sort of in Eric's mind, a prayer to the energy crisis. So part of Motto's role was to rename the brand. We renamed it to Orison. We also worked with them to strategize on getting to the heart of the story, creating an engaging brand experience that new early adopters would kind of get behind and be able to get behind. Part of that was creating a Kickstarter campaign. So we worked with them very closely on the script for that. What was so powerful about this Kickstarter is that their original funding goal was 50,000. They blew past that in less than 24 hours. And within 
a week to a week and a half, they had reached over 150,000. And then by the end of the campaign, they were over $350,000 in funding. So it was really seven times past their goal. And, you know, we're really proud of it because not only did we work so closely with the brand in terms of building the brand identity, we worked with them on the strategy, the positioning, the language, but they got all sorts of press. They got picked up by time. They were on the front page of Product Hunt. Uh, just just kind of really started to, to, to make a lot of impact very quickly and be noted as this sort of challenger brand that was going to take the world by storm. So we're super excited to be behind that. What we're doing right now, as a matter of fact, is they actually came back to us once they got funded by the Kickstarter. And now they've got tons of investors. We're now working with them to scale the brand. We're about to launch a new website that's going to be taking pre-orders. So again, you know, a lot of times, like when clients come to us, they say they have a revolutionary product, they have a revolutionary service. And nine times out of 10, that's actually not true. In this case, he absolutely is trying to do something that changes the world. So it's it's exciting for us to be a part of. Oh, I have no doubt. And obviously, there's not a day passes that there's not a lot of Kickstarter campaigns launched that most fail. Mm-hmm. Most do not, don't, don't even come close to achieving their goal. What, what's the key difference? I mean, I, yeah, it goes back to what I said earlier. Well, if I was selling a cement product, that'd be one thing. This guy has a really cool story to tell. That makes it easier. Eh, yeah, maybe, but mm-hmm. not really. There's there's more to it. I mean, what, what was the key to success of that campaign? I mean, I mean t- tell me how others can benefit and learn from that lesson. Yeah, I think that a lot of a lot of what went on with Orison was that the founder, Eric, believes in brand. He believes in the power of story. He believes in building something remarkable and extraordinary. And that's really half the battle. If the if the leader of that organization or leadership of that organization truly believes in what they're doing, I think that can have substantial outcomes. You know, but more importantly than that, he invested in the brand. You know, when he when he started this journey, he didn't start to he was working on the product, but more importantly, he was thinking about he he knew that the brand needed to be built right from the get-go. And I think far too many organizations stop and don't actually think about brand until it's too far down the line. So in in our world, in our point of view, we believe that you're building a brand from the moment that it's born and the moment that you start asking people to support you, whether that's your branding agency, whether that's people, uh, you know, friends, family, anyone that you're starting to marinate this idea with and you're trying to get buy-in you know, you have to show them something of significance. Otherwise, they don't believe in the idea and they don't believe in the vision. And so he was strong enough and smart enough to know that he couldn't do it alone. He needed to have brand on his side and he invested in in doing so. So that's part of it. And then I think the other part is, is telling a story, you know, being able to actually, again, as what I said earlier, go beyond the product to stand for something. He's standing for the future of energy and what the world may be like in 10, 15 years, you know, maybe 2030. You know, he's thinking from a visionary standpoint, which means that he's not trying to build a company that, you know, he's going to flip tomorrow. He's really looking to build something of significance and longevity and something that actually makes the world a better place. That's the second thing. And then the third thing is, is that I think it's about you know, being able to tell a comprehensive and powerful narrative, both in the design, you know, meaning that every aspect of the brand was brought together. It was carefully crafted, the identity, the name had meaning. 
the stories that we were telling had significance, you know, and it was, it was really about sharing that with the rest of the world to help them feel that they were a part of that larger message. So I think in that way, Kickstarters can be more powerful if, if you have some of those three, three core elements specifically, you know, that you don't just go in there and wing it, I guess is what I'm trying to get at, you know, that you're actually carefully considering the brand and the reflection that it's going to have on you and actually putting the love and care into making sure that you tell that profound story in the best way possible. Yeah. And that's the deal. I think a lot of people don't put that much love and care into this process and they wonder why there's no no power behind it. So someone listening to this who who recognizes that their organization needs to put love and care into their branding and and, and they realize, okay, it's not just about buying a cool motivational poster and putting it over the receptionist desk and we're done and we've suddenly we're a new organization. The culture's changed overnight, it doesn't happen that way. But they wanna they wanna begin this process seriously. They 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 will come to an organization like Motto and say, "We we need to do this because uh, we're, we're we're struggling because we just there is no power behind our brand. There's no emotion or meaning mm-hmm. behind it. It's it's a great step for someone to say, "All right, I'm ready to begin this this shift, this cultural and mindset shift." How do you start? I mean, what what are the first couple of questions that you that, that have to be asked and answered? before you can even seriously really overhaul a brand? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think that you have to start with knowing that you need to you need help. You know, obviously, I mean, most of these companies can't quite do it on their own. They may have internal teams who are in the marketing department. But, you know, if the vision of the organization isn't set forth, I think employees struggle and especially marketing teams struggle with kind of taking things on, into their own hands and they don't really think about brand in the larger context. So I would start there. Um, I would start with, you know, does the leader of that organization or leadership of that organization have a vision? What is that vision? And is that being clearly communicated to the employees? Once that's established and they're ready to kind of know that they need some help and they're looking for an agency to partner with, there's a lot of things that need to take place. And that first begins with, you know, defining and really understanding the company's purpose, vision, and values, because that's really the three pillars, the three solid foundation blocks that we start with on every project. We look at the organization, as I said earlier, back to the very beginning. What's the heartbeat? What's the reason? Why, Why are they doing this? What do they believe in? What are the things that they're trying to do in the world with their product and or service? And so once we do that, then we also do a deep dive on analyzing competition, you know, looking at the industry, trying to understand audience, speaking to customers, really, you know, because they'll tell us things that they won't tell the organization. I think some organizations just quite honestly forget that their biggest asset is the people that actually choose to do business with them because they'll tell you whether or not, you know, you're doing something wrong or right. And all you have to do is listen. Most organizations aren't listening. That's part of the problem right there. So, you know, again, it's it's looking at the organization comprehensively inside, looking at the culture, really getting a sense of what is the most meaningful assets that they have. And then from there, moving into how do we position them for the future? You know, what does that look like in terms of offering or brand or is the brand reflective of who they are? Is it a messaging problem? Is it a strategic problem? Are they too much like their competitors? You know, what are they really too focused on? a message that makes no sense, you know, just things like that. Like it's really kind of a diagnostic of us evaluating the brand 
from every aspect possible and even probably from areas that they don't even realize that we're going to evaluate them on. Yeah, no, it's a great description of, of, of how this process starts. I think the two two of the most important elements of that, I think, are also two of the weakest executions that I see most organizations attempting to do this. And one is 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 the, the coming up with the vision, the leadership coming up with that vision and communicating it to, to the team. I, I think most leadership says, oh, I can write a memo. Yep. And send it along by email and boom, my job's done. Uh, no, th- th- that is almost a never-ending process, right? I mean, that, 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 well, share some advice on how, how that process really ought to look because I think that's where so many fall short. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I, you know, you make a, a valid point. I mean, I think most leaders are, they really do struggle with articulating the vision of their companies, the really great ones. Like, you know, of course, we all know the the infamous ones like Howard Schultz and Steve Jobs and, you know, Phil Knight from from Nike. But there, this is happening in so many other areas. You know, this is happening like we have a local guy here that, that owns a company or owns a, a restaurant called Cafe Momentum, where he employs kids who have been incarcerated and gives them a second chance to teach them how to be in the culinary world. I mean, there are people who are doing remarkable things all over the world who we don't, who are not household names that are, that are actually changing the way they run their organization. You asked a a point earlier about, you know, what are, what are some questions that people can ask? I think that one thing you can ask is what's your motto? You know, we talk about purpose. We talk about, you know, having vision, but, but what's the motto? Like what's the war cry, you know, of your organization? Because it's really the guiding principle and the spirit of the cause that you're advancing. So when you think about asking a question like that, the question is, why do I lead my troops into battle, you know, every day? Meaning going to, being in business is being in battle, you know, not not on the literal sense, but right. figuratively, it is a very difficult thing to lead a company. I know it because I've done it. And I know people who have done it. You know, my father was an entrepreneur. Uh, he struggled, you know, early on in his own career. He grew from three men to 160 men to being one of the biggest commercial contractors on the East Coast. I watched him start from nothing and how emotionally taxing it was on him. And, you know, I stepped into that beast as well. I got eaten up and, and you know, have, you know, used to say, I didn't just get hit by the bus, I've been under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think running a company is that. And I don't think people understand how difficult it truly is because you're not only fighting for something, like you're fighting for your market share, you're fighting for your territory, you're fighting for your ideas and how easy it is to be cut down or shot down or disbelieved in, you know, believed in or, or whatever it is. And so, you know, that's something that every company or leader has to struggle with, you know, that they're going into the world trying to win their, the battle, whatever battle it is they're fighting. So we like to ask the question, what's your motto? Because it is the one belief that that you can can be the linchpin for everything you do. And that's exactly why we named our company Motto. It's a reason to believe. It's a reason to get out of bed every day. It's an inspirational idea to rally around. The second question is, why does your story matter? You know, why should anyone pay attention to the story that you're telling? I don't care if you have a podcast, if you have, you know, Uh, like a game, a product, a service, whatever it is that you're selling or putting out into the world, why does the story matter? And many people cannot answer that question. So when we work with organizations, we're trying to get to to that place where we say, how do we tap into these hardwired emotion and, and instincts and ask ourselves, 
why is the story meaningful? The third thing is like we talked about, what is your greatest vision? You know, if you can't articulate why you're doing what you're doing and where what you see for the future and why the people that you're that are working with you and coming to your organization, regardless of pay, you know, if you didn't pay them, would they show up? That's a big question that I guarantee you most organizations would say no. (laughs) Most organizations can't say that if they weren't paying their people really, really well, those people would show up anyway to fight behind them every day and fight for the cause of that organization. So that's another question to ask, you know, what is the greatest vision? And then really, why will you succeed? You know, why do you have what it takes to succeed? And do you know what it means to have the discipline to overcome any obstacle, to to have proof of everything you do and have that expression of who you are in the world so that the audience understands what your motives are? Most organizations can't answer that question either. And that's why we work with these organizations because we try to get a sense of, again, who they are, why they matter, and then bring that to life through the brand. The brand is just you know, the design aspect of it is only one facet of what we do. So much of what we do is is understanding every layer of an organization because that's what makes up the productivity and the outcome of what's happening outside in the world is actually what's happening inside, you know, inside their world. So those are the kind of questions that I think you have to really ask to get to the heart of what what you're talking about here. Well, and as you said, Sonny, I mean, this process is hard. This it's is so hard. This is not easy, and it's and it and let me, let me let you in on a secret, audience. Uh, it's not supposed to be easy, and, and and to a leadership team or CEO, you know, those responsible for for, I guess, creating the vision, but certainly communicating it and, and driving that internally. They say, well, that's too hard, so we're just not going to do it. Well, your job isn't to focus on getting the bills paid and to please and schmooze the board of directors. That's not your job. Your job is to share that vision and communicate it clearly and and as often as, as is necessary because that's when the brand gets strong and then that's when the market responds. And so in my view, that is the job and the function of a leadership team is to do nothing but that because everything else flows from there, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the goal of any great leader is to inspire those around them to do and overcome the greatest odds in the world, whatever those things are. And that's what makes the difference of a great leader is that they have the courage to show up every day and roll up their sleeves and and do the hard work and lead their organization, not from behind the desk, but in actions, you know, not just in words, but in actions and what they do and how they do it. And I think the biggest misconception for, for leaders is to embrace that and understand that people are looking to you for guidance security, safety, belief, you know, that they're showing up for the right reasons as well. You know, it's like, why spend half your life in a company or doing something that you don't actually love? Money's not enough. Money does not buy us happiness. It it, it certainly helps, you know, it, it's, it helps to have money, but it doesn't necessarily buy our happiness or it doesn't buy our success. It doesn't really buy all of these other things that I think people think that it does, you know? I mean, if you're going to devote the majority of your life to a job or a career, why not go and be a part of something that that you're truly connected with and makes you a better person and makes you want to do extraordinary things in your own life? Most companies 
operate on a very mediocre level and they have the opportunity to be extraordinary. They have the opportunity to defy the ordinary, to become extraordinary. It's truly a choice. It's it's what you decide to do with the power that you're given that matters. And so for leaders, like we always really try to encourage them, especially if they're, you know, looking to us to help them kind of recover a brand or resurrect a brand, or maybe it's gotten off track, or maybe it's not that at all. Maybe they're just trying to expand on what they already have. And the, the foundation isn't all that shaky. It makes our job easier when that organization knows all the things that we just talked about on this entire call. When we get a company and a leader or leadership team who actually believes all those things and is doing and acting in those ways, it's remarkable what we're able to do because so much of that figuring out is already done. They just come and they say, help us broadcast this message to a larger audience. Help us be more, more creative and innovative in some of these ideas. Help us tell a more powerful story. And we we can act on that in really remarkable ways. What's really difficult is when that organization doesn't know those things and is looking to us to kind of hand them a vision. That's That's when things get real tough because we can't hand somebody a vision. We can't mindfully craft something and hand it over to you. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Oh, but what an exciting opportunity when an organization's ready to do that. And oh, because absolutely. It's, it's world changing, you know, and I'm sick and tired of people complaining that people like me talk about Steve Jobs and Phil Knight and Howard Schultz all the time. But there's a reason because mm-hmm. that's who they are. I mean, there, there's a reason that there's films made about these people and that some guy who's been dead for years and years is still a cultural phenomenon because that's that's the kind of that, those are the kind of visionaries that that we're talking about here. And, and that's why we keep talking about them. So great stuff. Well, we this has been the longest 20 minute interview I've ever done. It's been a fascinating conversation. Sadly, we're about out of time. So Sonny, before I do let you go, uh, should anyone have any questions of you, how can they contact you and where can they learn more about the fine work at Motto? Sure. So we're at wearemotto.com and we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat at wearemotto. Sonny Bennell, the co-founder and creative director with Motto. Sonny, real pleasure to have you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, and I'm, I suspect our paths will cross again. I hope so. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Sonny Bennell, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to IntrepidMailingList.com. That's IntrepidMailingList.com and sign up. You can also find us at Intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.